Today our people can see that we're faced with a government conspiracy. This government has failed us. The senators who are filibustering concerning your and my rights, that's the government. Don't say it, Southern senators, this is the government. This is a government filibuster. It's not a segregationist filibuster. It's a government filibuster. Any kind of activity that takes place on the yeah, man, what's going on? We back in it, True Colors Podcast. One more again, here we go. It's your boy D-U-B. Back at it with What's up with it, man? Man, amen, man. Going down. Shout out to, shout out to Teddy J. He does Spot Radio for putting us down, man. We, we got a special special edition for this show, different format. We just go go skip a lot of the a lot of the stuff we a lot of the segments and we just go get into these straight facts early on. But right now we gotta talk about this this is Cat LeBron man. What, what what's going on with him? We still go do sports y'all cause we got the finals going so we go kick it about LeBron real quick. Well they just suspended Draymond Green, man. What you think about that? <laughs> I knew he was going to get suspended, man. LeBron made too big of an issue. You know, he crying, talking about, I don't think they're going to do anything. I'm a, I'm a man, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, man, whatever, man. You got mad. You know what I'm saying? I don't think nobody should have. I think they maybe maybe could have got double technicals and it should have went on from there, man. It wasn't nothing, nothing for him to throw a little hissy fit about it. I don't even think Draymond should have got a technical. Like, I don't see what he did so bad. And he was obviously trying to avoid the situation because he knows the situation he's in. So LeBron know that too, but he was he steady poking at this dude, and making issues about it. Like stuff like that happens all the time and never happens. But when it's him, it's like you down three one, something got to get done to push to to give him the edge. Knowing that ain't going well, that that boy gonna get suspended and ain't nothing gonna happen to LeBron. Like that's ridiculous. It's like it's obvious. It's like they they act like people stupid. They don't know why they're doing it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if it was two two, he wouldn't have got suspended. But you know, it's three one. They're trying to give him a little bit of a edge so they can stretch it out a little bit longer. And I ain't really saying that Draymond should have got a technical, but I'm saying in that type of situation, like I've seen a bunch of times where they get a double technical and then that's about it. But you know, for nothing that even really happened during the game, I don't even think they called that a technical. Things just kind of broke it up, moved on, but you know, for that for that to happen, and then you know, you you go back and look at it afterwards, and give them, you know, suspend them. I just think that was real weak. Did you uh did you see what uh Clay said? And then he started laughing at Clay. Nah, what, what happened with Clay about him? Him go beat the, they go beat the Lakers? No, they they asked Clay about uh you know the LeBron and Draymond situation. And Clay was was kind of you know being funny and was just like I just don't know why guys take it that serious, you know I guess LeBron got his feelings hurt and you know, and so then LeBron asked LeBron about what Clay said and then he just laughed it off. It was like oh oh, oh that that what he said oh oh well you know it's it's real hard to take the high road sometimes but you know hey it's like all right whatever man you out here you out here you you done on these streets four one baby. So you gotta go to state in five. Yeah, I hope I hope so. Even even with Draymond out, I still think they're gonna win, man. Cleveland 
They just ain't got it, man. I don't think I don't think teammates like playing with LeBron, in my opinion. You know, they might like to reap the benefits, but I think actually playing with him, because he he always throwing his teammates under the bus. You know, he might not he might not actually come out and be like, "Yo, it's Kyrie's fault," but a lot of the the statements he make and and the stuff people report behind the scenes is always like he's throwing his team under the bus. So if it was me, I wouldn't want to play with that dude. Yeah, it's like you the king, man. Like when is you gonna start taking responsibility? It's just like the quarterback of an NFL team. It's like the quarterback always get the glory and the blame. That's just how it go. And in a yeah. broad case, whatever team you go to, you gonna be that quarterback dude. So you gotta take the blame too. But he don't ever wanna get the blame or nothing. It's like they keep on talking about his stats. That's the first time they throw in your face. LeBron James leads this series in stats. In, in points, he leads it in points, rebounds, assists, and steals, which is good. But it's like, dude, you you stuffed the you stuffed the stat sheet at the end of the game when the game, when the points don't matter. You know what I'm saying? If you just watch the games, like numbers don't lie, but numbers are misleading, and that's what LeBron's stats. A lot of his stats are misleading. Not to sound like a hater, because he is a good player, but it's just like when it's time for you to step up when it count, when it's winning time. Nine times out of ten, you do not step up, man. It's like you defer. Like Channing Fry is not going to save you. Kyrie was balling out when the game was crucial when he dropped his 34 points. But you dropped your – he had 25 last game. And it's like, like eight of them points was like garbage points. You know what I'm saying? Like like six of those points was free throws, okay, that you split. You know, he could have – I mean, it's like when the game was online. LeBron was nowhere to be found if you watch the game. So you look at his yeah. stats for that game. If you look at his stats right now, he's 25 points. Uh, he had like two steals and some rebounds, which is a good game. But then you look at it, it's like, well, how did they lose? And then you look at it and you see how he got those stats. It's like you see the points of the game where he got those stats. It's just like, well, yeah, okay. You had seven points in the first half. Well, I think less than that. I'm not sure, but. It's like, bro. And he played the him and Kyrie. I want to. I think they played the whole second half too. So they rotation. They they ain't got no depth in their rotation. Well, they gotta have them two out there the whole game. And with them having to chase Steph and Clay around, man, that's just expanding too much energy. So I mean, but hey, he wanted Ty Lue too. So that's what you get. I mean, I think a lot of that is LeBron, though, man. LeBron making a lot of decisions. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure if he could rest, I mean, he would, you know, yeah, even if he is making a lot of the decisions, you know, as far as the people on the team, who he want, if you the coach, you can't play him and Kyrie for the whole second half and expect them without no rest or anything like that to to put out maximum effort. I mean, they tired. They still human at the end of the day, especially when you see the motion offense go in the state run. Like, it's not like they can rest on defense either. Because you're going to have Steph fighting through picks, running behind curls and everything like that. So, I mean, maybe on other teams where you can put them on, put them on somebody who's not going to be that active. But, I mean, Golden State whole offense, that motion offense, man, that's that's hard. Yeah, and um, – but I'm willing to bet somebody from Golden State is going to foul out tomorrow. I think Equal <laughs> Dollar going to foul out. He gonna, he'd be D.L. I don't think it's he going to foul out. Somebody going to foul out. Somebody going to foul out in the third quarter. It's going to be freaky. They're going to get hot at home. It's going to be over. 
Uh, oh, yeah. They're going to get hot. Throw him threes. I think they took him out the rotation. He didn't play none last game. That's I, don't he played, I don't think he had no minutes last game. No, nah, but they put that dude Morris, more in you know, something that, that young dude. That yeah, he did all right to me, though. Yeah, he did good. That was smart. That was smart play. That was smart adjustment. I can't say that. Yeah, he just kind of earned my respect. <laughs> Not mine, whatever. He 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 earned my respect, man. You know, I know Mark Jackson probably still want to kill him, but I mean, <laughs> he he doing his job this year as far as coaching. Like he making some adjustments and they working out pretty good. So I I, I can't get mad at him. I ain't gonna hate on him. He he actually doing what he's supposed to do. He ain't like LeBron waiting on J.R. Smith to save him. We all knew J.R. Smith was good to give you one game. You know, he gonna go crazy for one game, probably get get about six, seven threes, then after that he, you can't trust J.R. So J.R. got him they one game and you know, that's that's about it, man. They done tomorrow. I'm ready. Man, Dre Mind it, man. If they win championship, like if you suspended, you can't be in the building. Dre Mind, I ain't gonna be in the building, bro. They don't, they don't need them in the building. It'll man, if y'all win championship, if y'all win, if I was him, I'd be mad. But I mean, at the same time, they they still win. He'll be happy with the ring. He'll be all right. Fuck that. You don't get no champagne, bro. Yeah, if it, if it was me, man, I'll sneak in there. I don't care. I'm just saying that's me. And I see them from the win. I'll be in the hotel down the street, and then I'm busting in the locker room, find me, suspend me, do whatever you got to do for next season. But, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I'm, I, I'll get my moment. I ain't worrying about it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's crazy, though, man. All right, man. Let's go on and get into the, to the show, man. Alright man, we got um okay, today's topics well, yeah, topics, you know, 'cause we got a we got a several categories that we're gonna get into, but all of them the one thing they have in common is basically the stuff the government does basically hold back black people to keep us in a state of a state of disparity for years to come. You know? Uh, we all know slavery. We're not gonna start off with that right now. We'll get into it a little later, but right now we're gonna start off with the experimental treatments, the medical experiments that they do for, that they do on black people. You know, starting with the Tuskegee experiments in the in the fifties with the syphilis. Yeah, um, it it actually man was from like nineteen thirty two to nineteen seventy two. So it was wild. It, it wasn't just like you know some some little short short time experiments. Like this was a long thought out plan. You know they that started and lasted for a long time where it hurt our hurt our brothers and sisters in the past, man. Right. Yeah, and um, the thing about syphilis is it doesn't go away. So it is with you forever. So. You don't understand, like when they inject the when they inject this this chemical into you, and when they inject this disease into you, and you go and kiss your wife, and you go to your significant other, 
you spread that, you know what I'm saying? And you can give it to your unborn child. Like, it's it's pretty much in your bloodline forever. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like it's over with, you know what I'm saying? Like, these, this Tuskegee experiment, and there's many more experiments that we're going to get into in a second, it affects us to this day. You know what I mean? It's not just, yeah. oh, it's over with. They want you to be like, oh, well, that's in the past. It's over with. Like, no, this so these men had families, these men had children, these pe- these men had people who cared for them and they cared for them and they cared back for, for for them. So they passed this and they didn't even know about it. So which made it even worse. So they you passed these And the ahead. thing about it was like, you know, what it this was a was a government operation, people. So it's not like, you know, there's just some people off the street doing these things. Like we constantly had these scenarios that we talk about and the reason why we made this show is because you know we don't want a lot of people to think like we're just insane or we're just making stuff up or the government wouldn't go this far so this is the reason why we 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 implemented this show because we wanted you guys to understand like the the willingness there they'll go to harm us and this was a government program the u.s public health service studying natural progression of untreated syphilis and and the problem was they lost funding on the program but they were so deep into the program that they didn't tell the people that they lost funding for it so a bunch of people just went untreated and I want to say it was almost about 600 people now I want to say like 399 of these people had syphilis before and then maybe a couple two or three hundred didn't them with the disease and they wanted to see the progression of it. So that's that's one instance right there to show you that the government will go through extreme lengths to harm us. Yeah. It's like they put the money behind it. They put the they actually sit down somewhere in a room and think about what can we do and to to, to to kill them basically because they know before they do this they they know people are going to die it's not like they don't know this you know what I'm saying these people don't went to medical school they don't went to all types of schools so they know a lot of this outcome is going to be bad but for the sake of their yeah. research they use us as guinea pigs you know because yep. we're expendable to them yep. so as long as as long as we not as long as we're not entertaining them or fighting their wars or making money for them, then we expendable, and they don't care what happens to us. You know what I'm saying? There's, the evidence is in the, the evidence is in you know what we just said. I mean, it's it's plain as day. You know, and, and it's not just with the Tuskegee experiments. Like it's so many other experiments that we go put you on game in just a second. But this is just one of the most. The Tuskegee experiment is. One of the most famous, unfortunately, experiments that they did to our black men. You know. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. It's real horrific that someone can do that to another human being. Yeah, and and know about it beforehand and still do it. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's the thing. It's not like they genuinely had good intentions and. Went ahead and the results just turned out bad. You know that that's it's called an accident. This was done on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They knew ahead of time the stipulations and the consequences 
but did it anyway. Like they didn't get animals, they didn't get they didn't get you know they didn't get people from foreign countries. Well, they did actually, but that was a, that's another case. But they gave it to us first, deliberately. And, and just think about that for a second. It's like if you and, and not, nothing, the mentality hasn't changed today, people. It's just because it was years ago doesn't mean that mentality is gone. You have to understand that these people do not value you unless you are making them money or entertaining them. That's just what it comes down to. You know, they don't care. Like, yeah. if you if you somewhere busting your butt for them, they might cut you some kind of slack, but as long as you can keep busting your butt for them, or if you say you're an athlete, they treat you like a rock star, you know what I'm saying, so to speak, but the people that own the team that you play for, they getting treated like gods behind closed doors. So, because they making even more money. So it's just like, it all goes back to what you can do for them and what they can do to us for them. You know, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. And now what are the other experiments that they did? You know, just the name, the name of well, got, one of them. I got some other things that went on during the um, 1970s in the Philadelphia prison system. And what they did there was um, they experimented with a lot of our black brothers and sisters that there um, with Dow Chemicals, and they actually paid the, the prison system to test on these prisoners. And what they did was, once again, they injected them with all type of carcinogens. And what that, what that does over time is it gave a bunch of them cancer. It gave them mental illnesses and various skin diseases. So... Once again, you got another instance to where we had black brothers and sisters that was probably false in prison or in prison for something, you know, they shouldn't have been in jail for anyway. And once they get in there, the government decides to make more money off of them, don't value their lives at all, don't care about the families that these people have, don't worry about their children. It's all about what they can learn from us, you know, whatever they can do to harm us and whatever they can make money from. And, you know, we said constantly on this show, you can't underestimate, like, the depths these people will go to. And, and I mean, we, the, the more I research different things and topics and, and just seeing how a lot of our ancestors and just, you know, our generations before us was treated, then you'll start understanding and obtaining the knowledge on why we don't get a lot of stuff done with each other as well as, as you know, why we're, we're still stuck in the slums a lot of the times. And it's because they they've done this throughout multiple years to where we're always experimenting on, you know, we're always pretty much we get we get the least amount of resources, um, you know, mentally they continue to lie to us. So I mean, you just got to think about the people that that a lot of a lot of us you know choose to be around and call our friends a lot of the time, and even though they didn't do it seeing how they won't stand up and research themselves or how they won't stand up, you know, against other, other, uh, you know, races themselves, I guess you can say, then you just need to look at, need to look at your priorities and the people you hang with. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that has a lot to do with it. You know, I mean, we can't, I mean, we understand that, you know, this show is going to be basically a lot of true evidence 
you know, pointing at our enemy about the stuff he done to us. So, which means that it's up to us to stick together and understand these traps before we file in them. It's pretty much it's pretty much all we can do. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes the best way to do that is to kind of just look at the people around you and look at the choices that they're making and look at the consequences of those choices. And if you, nine times out of ten, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future, you know? It's like you got to you gotta understand how to isolate yourself from negativity or the negative consequences and turn and pretty much do what's right. Like you have, God gave you the common sense to know what's right and what's wrong. Just do what's right. I mean, even if that means being alone by yourself, you know what I'm saying, staying alone. You know, a lot of people don't know how to do that. They think they need a certain amount of support just to do right, which is the which is the most backwards thing ever. You know, you could consider yourself to be an example, you know, a leader, you know, stand on your own two feet. And even if you do make a mistake and you do do wrong, at least you won't take anybody else down with you, you know. And if you do succeed, then they can follow your steps. And then, you know, somebody else can, you know, it's a domino effect. But unfortunately, a lot of times it happens the opposite, you know. We see we see somebody doing something and it works for them and then we try and then it doesn't happen and we end up falling in the same trap. And we ended up in prison most of the time, unfortunately. And you just become another slave to the experiments. So... You got any more experiments? You know, I know it's more. I know it's more, but any more that you want to touch on? Yeah, and, um, you know, once again, we want to focus on things this week after slavery because, you know, a lot of times when you bring up slavery, you know, a lot of our people as well as Caucasians themselves, they kind of just, yeah, you know, that was a long time ago. So a lot of this stuff is, is stuff that happened after slavery. And I got another right. um Another thing here um, from 2015 through 2016, um, the CDC hit results that the measles vaccines increased chances in black children um, and getting autism. So, you know, in, in my research that I did, it also shows that black kids are three times more likely to get autism or develop autism when they get a measles shot. And the, the CDC knew this. But of course they didn't say anything about it until they until you know of course after a while when you start seeing the percentages go up in black children getting autism then you have to find a common link and right. you know the study showed that they knew as well that that link was true they just didn't want to tell the black community because once again they don't value our lives and this is not that they don't value us as you know grown men grown women this is deeper than that this is they don't value your children they don't value your newborn. They don't value your one-year-old, your two-year-old. They don't care. So, you know, you got people that go to these type of lengths to where they they know that it's going to cause harm. It's, it's just like Dub said, you know, this is not something that, that just happens on the fly. They sit down, they talk about this, they have meetings about this, and the end result is they don't care about us. Um, so, you know, I wanted to also bring that one up. I got a I got a, one more that I want to talk about. Um, in the 1940s, 60,000 black men in the Army, they was used um, as a, 
another experiment to where they use mustard gas on our black brothers in the Army. And this was a classified program. It recently just got declassified, so you'll be able to look a lot of the stuff up. And it was so classified that the mustard gas was used years ago. So, of course, they developed cancer and and very, you know, several illnesses. But once um, a project is deemed classified, like even for them to be able to get their benefits, they are not able to mention the project that they were in. So, unfortunately, a lot of these people die. A lot of these people are real sick. And, you know, at the time they couldn't even talk to the VA about getting treatment because they couldn't disclose uh, a lot of the illness and, you know, what they went through. So, you know, once again, that's just another example of how the government has has done our black brothers. Even when you enlist to fight a war, that a lot of people don't have a problem with us, you know, anyway. But when, when you take take time out of your day and try to defend the country that you deem is yours, then, you know, at the end of the day, the government still don't care, and they use a bunch of our brothers and sisters out there just to experiment on them, you know, use different weapons, biochemicals, injected them with different vaccines. So, you know, that's that's just something that we wanted to get into. And, and you know, our next topic that we're going to talk about is informants. What you got on this, Doug? Yeah, we're going to start off with the Cointel Pro. Okay, like the informant category today is basically how the government infiltrated a lot of black, a lot of blacks, a lot of black systems designed to fight white supremacy. So what they do is they use their money. That's the only tool that they got. They use their money to basically buy our brothers and sisters to sneak in our own our own society, such as the Black Panthers. And you know the Nation of Islam and so forth to collect information to use against us. You know now when the Black Panther, the reason the Black Panthers no longer exist is because J. Edgar Hoover, the founder of the well, not the founder, but the head of the, the FBI, he got with the president and he basically made the Black Panthers the number one, the number one terrorist the number one terrorist community in America. You know, he put them at number one. Okay, now he he used brothers, he used brother do you have his name? Um, his name was Richard Masato Aoki. Okay, yeah, they used him to infiltrate the Black Panthers to collect all types of info and detail, and he was undercover for years, actually. He was, he was undercover for a while. Yeah, and he was deep. He was deep undercover, actually, and nobody ever knew. Nobody caught wind of it, and um, and basically, what the FBI did was they made him such a target. They basically either, if you ran with the Black Panthers, they made the penalty so severe that you would, if you got caught, if you was fortunate enough to get caught, you would go to jail, and if you wasn't so lucky, they would kill you. You know, because they knew they had guns, so they gave them an excuse to kick in the door and basically shoot them, just like they did Fred Hampton back in Chicago. You know, and he was a leader of the Black Panther chapter in Chicago, and he was in his house minding his own business with his wife. I think his kids was in there as well, and they just basically 
shot up the whole apartment. You know, they didn't even come in. They just shot it up from the outside, you know. The bullet holes prove, if you look it up, you know, the crime scene, the bullet holes were going through the walls, you know, until he was dead. So that's how they did, you know, a lot of the Black Panthers. And if you look it up, a lot of people have this misconception about the Black Panthers, mainly white people. But if you can, like I give you $1,000, if you can Google any person that the Black Panthers were responsible for killing, anybody, like they killed nobody. Like they had guns. They didn't take a lot of crap from people. But you look up somebody that they killed. Like they were responsible for zero murder. Like they killed nobody. Like it was a lot of, I mean, you know, sometimes they had the people that got carried away with the revolution, but they were responsible for killing nobody, especially white people. They didn't kill no white people because as soon as they killed a white person, they would have got wiped out a long time ago. I'm talking about it wasn't even in the need to tell pro. And the thing about it is, the, like the guy we was talking about, the, the Richard Masato, once again, like these was classified, this is classified information that they just recently declassified. So he was there from the beginning of the movement almost, because back in those days, of course, it wasn't easy for black people to get any type of armory or any type of uh, uh, guns or anything like that, any weapons. So if you actually looked at what his specific role of it was, he was the person who supplied the weapons to the Black Panthers. And this is a person that works for the government. So you have a guy that worked for the government that actually actually gave the Black Panthers all the weapons and the heavy artillery that they were able to obtain. Without the government, you know, involvement in that, they probably, not to say it would have been impossible, but it would have been pretty hard for them to be able to have a lot of weapons. And a lot of their weapons came from the government. They just didn't know it. So, you know, once again, I want you guys to really, really just look that guy up. Because you got to think about it. If he was there at the beginning of the movement, when it first started, you know, the government has always got they got they, they finger on on the button. They they always know what's going on. And once you got black people assembling together with a, with a clear message, then that's when they act. So that's why we just got to keep our heads together and understand that's what's going on. And they're doing the same thing right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. People don't understand, right. like, although, you know, they made some bad choices here and there, um, and, you know, I might not agree with their approach always. I still, you know, understand the the magnitude of getting a black group to come together with some type of support at all, so I respect what they do. But you have to understand as well, like, documents came out saying that they've been following them for about a year and a half, two years now, and they're trying to infiltrate on the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Yeah, um, the Black Lives Matter movement is, I mean, a lot of people think that the Black Panthers is, is far from it, you know. There's nothing like the Black Panthers. Now, they, they're trying to take a more, they like the Black Panthers, move, I mean, the Black Panthers were a lot more in your face, more aggressive. The Black Lives Matter movement is more subtle, and, you know, they try not to step on any landmines, so to speak. And they try to stay you know. politically correct instead of just coming out and saying what it is. You know, that's why I, I, I approve of the Black Lives Matter movement personally, but sometimes I think they can be a little too cautious. And that's not what we need right now. We need somebody that's not afraid to just 
just say it and worry about the consequences later. As long as they don't just they just don't say stupid stuff. But if something is an injustice, you need to call it what it is. Like don't dance around it. You know that's one thing I don't like about the Black Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, just say it and let the yeah, you I think that's the reason why I think Obama made a comment to them saying you just can't scream all day. You have to work with the political side of it, which, you know, in, in my opinion, it's just cold word to saying, you know, y'all y'all leadership, come on over here, get paid, get your little money, and quiet your people down. Because that's really all they want them to do whenever they tell them to work on the political side. You're not going to get – you're not going to get really anything you want. You might get a small – a small pat on the head for your agenda. They'll give you something, you know, something that throw a bone at you, but it's not going to be any real progress, which is what we really need right now. Yeah, so that's I why mean, I kind of I don't agree with them. Yeah, we need basically somebody that can't be bought. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, and I that's just, it. I want to make this last, you know, fact before we go to break. You know, um, during 1967 and 1973, the FBI had over 7,000 informants in the black communities and black organizations. So you just got to think about that. 7,000 informants in black communities and black organizations within a span of six years. These are people they put in the payroll just to get inside our community to make sure, you know, we're not uniting, just to make sure, you know, they can kill off any any people that they feel like going to be a problem. And a lot of this stuff was happening over that time period because black people started to want to stand up, come together, and, and you know, kind of make our own. And that's why I never really, that's why I never really popped off because they had people, they had seven thousand people infiltrated in communities and organizations around black neighborhoods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It's pretty sad, man, when you think about it. It's just it's just like everywhere you turn, it's like they they got us. They got us under their control. It's, it's like you don't wanna accept it, but it's like, damn, you have to accept it in order to change it. But yeah. what we go do now, we go we go hit you off. We still got the song of the week coming up. And then when we get back, we go pick up where we left off going into the next fact. We just go give you just straight facts, you know what I'm saying, just straight knowledge. That's what this show is, pretty much just straight knowledge. We're going to take us into the song of the week. And then when we come back, we go hit them up. All right, the song of the week comes from Andre Andrew Williams. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Andrew W0789. And the name of the song is called My Confessions.
these are my confessions. My confessions. Trials and tribulations turn to blessings. It's the hardest one that's in the teacher lesson. That's why these are my confessions. Oh, yeah. Depressing my sanity, I'm expressing. I'm just human. Plenty sins and transgressions. Transgressions are my confessions. Tried to put it just in over stressing. That's the only way that I can keep progressing. These are my confessions. Trials and tribulations turn to blessings. It's the hardest one to ever teach a lesson. These are my confessions. It's a blessing. The pain and struggle I'm guessing is preparing me for growth and leading me to a new lesson. I'm confessing the agony and pain that I'm compressing. It's flowing down through my veins. I can feel it. It's manifesting. The question. The life that you live in to be expected. Everything you suspected. Yet mentally you neglected. There's nothing you can do. Your only option to respect it. You living in a movie, something like rightly directed, my confessions, no one said the road would be easy, on the top of the mountain peak would be sunny and breezy, believe me, everything that glitter and gold, the government preaches freedom, but you see it's control, yeah, been walking down that same road for a long time, mentally I'm tired, but physically I'm in overtime, in the meantime, stay on my grind, I gotta get mine, now let me take you back to that main line, these are my confessions, Trials and tribulations turn to blessings It's the hardest one that's in the teacher lesson That's why these are my confessions oh, yeah. My confession, my sanity I'm expressing I'm just human Plenty things and transgressions These are my confessions My confession put it just in over stressing That's the only way that I can keep progressing That's why these are my confessions oh, yeah. Trials and tribulations turn to blessings It's the hardest one that ever teach a lesson These are my confessions my confession, a bottle of that E and J. Get a glass of ice to smooth it out and let it ease away. Go put on some music with that liquor. Now I'm halfway by to soak into this bottle. Let that bullshit come another day. That wordplay. Think about everything going on. Matter of fact, a Thursday. I was watching TV, listening to a CD, watching May with a fight down the Mandalay on a big display. Everything good, don't seem like the fight about to break away. And then I got a phone call, put the TV on pause. It was like, yo, never mind, I'm on my way. Speeding all the way. Got to the spot, couldn't really hear. Everybody was yelling. It was truly compelling. Hell of the way they cussing and swearing and I ain't even do nothing, just sitting there staring. Eyes on the prize of the bigger picture. Gold on my shoulders getting heavy quicker. Tell me what the seat make it incomplete. See, I hate an old control, art, delete, I swear. Feel like I'm always at the foul line. Try to carry burdens, but I can't walk a straight line. Heartbeat raising, about the heart line. Whose time I'm a waste? Is it yours or mine? I incline. Harder than the team, man. Did you read the headline? Well, let me take you back to that main line. These are my confessions. My confessions. tribulations turn to blessings. It's the hardest one that's in the teacher lesson. That's why these are my confessions. Oh yeah, depressing my sanity, I'm expressing I'm just human, plenty things and transgressions Transgressions are my confessions Tried to put it just in over stressing That's the only way that I can keep progressing These are my confessions Trials and tribulations turn to blessings It's the hardest one to ever teach a lesson These are my confessions Trials and tribulations turn to blessings It's the hardest one that seem to teach a lesson That's why these are my confessions Oh yeah, Depressing my sanity I'm expressing I'm just human Plenty sins and transgressions Transgress. These are my confessions Tried to put addressing over stressing That's the only way that I can keep progressing These are my confessions Trials and tribulations turn to blessings It's the hardest one that ever teach a lesson these are my confessions oh man my confession yeah my confession. yeah I like that yeah yeah uh, we back baby we back 
we gonna get straight back into where we left off. We gonna start with education. Now, education system for black people and white people is no secret. It's been it's been different for years. It's been separate and unequal for the past hundred years. You know, it's it's no mystery that black kids are less educated than white kids. You know, now we got a lot of it's a lot of details that goes into it. It's a lot of numbers that are disturbing, but it's obviously that they don't care about us. But it's everything but surprising, and that's sad, man. That's the world we live in, and especially as a parent, you read this stuff and you, you know, you get chills down your neck. But it's like people need to know, otherwise, it won't change. So that's the purpose of this show today is to promote awareness. You know, that's the reason for the creation of this show is to create awareness for our black people. You know, now. More than 140,000 students were held back in kindergarten in 2011 and 2012 alone. Now, how the hell can you hold back that many students in kindergarten? <laughs> now, this is true. This is not argue. This is not meant to be argued. This is just facts that I'm giving you right now. Black students are most likely to be held back. Despite a mountain research showing that holding children back doesn't benefit them socially or academically, it makes them more likely to drop out later on. So this failure to meet the educational needs increases disengagement and dropouts increasing the risk of court later on in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it it is, you know, it's just the whole culture of it. Like, I, I read an article, I think it was like last week or something like that, where it was explaining how, um, and it was an incident that happened a while back, but it, it was a student in class. He was a black male student. He was like nine or ten years old, and, you know, he got into it with the teacher. You know, of course, he should have got in trouble. And what he did was he, he gave the, he stuck the finger up at the teacher, you know, flicked it off or whatever. And the teacher tried to get him thrown out of school because she said that he was making sexual advancements toward her. Like, you know, she had no understanding what the middle finger was. So, you know, it's just things like that that constantly happen to where, you know, you have to start understanding, like, a lot of this this system is not based on our lenses. It's based on the Caucasian lens and how they will react in certain situations. And if we don't fit that mold, then anything that we do is deemed to be negative. A lot of that, that's the that zero tolerance that they got in schools. They had it back when we were in elementary school. That's due to the publicized school shootings and all that. So now the schools embrace the zero tolerance policy that automatically just impose severe, severe punishment regardless of the circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Like the middle finger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like under, under, these, under this zero tolerance crap, the students get expelled for bringing nail clippers and scissors to school. You know what I'm saying? Ever since then, the rates of suspicion increased dramatically in the years from 1.7 million in 1974 to 3.1 million in the year 2000. And of course, it's affected students of color the most. So when you see, when you hear that, it's like, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, he's gonna get suspended and kicked out of school for for basically, you know 
flipping her the bird. You know what I'm saying? Like he should have got I mean he should have got disciplined but he shouldn't lose the opportunity to get educated in the future for that gesture. You know what I'm saying? He needs a discipline and not getting kicked out of school. Like getting kicked not getting educated and getting disciplined is two different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're if you, that's what I'm saying. Like these white folks acting like they don't get it. Like kicking kids out of school and out of classrooms is not discipline people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not what they need. You know, that's just what you want. Because the George Bush No Child Left Behind policy now that if you get if you if you kick these students out of school, then it increases your chances to to boost up these test scores numbers. So you have less kids to worry about and it makes your test scores percentages go up because you have less students now. That's another reason why they keep kicking us out of school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it is, too. Like, I mean, they just got to realize, like, you know, we raise our kids different than their kids, so it's a different culture in itself. So, you know, right. when we look at a, at a black kid that may be doing something, we might just be like, all right, man, you need to go on and sit down, have it, you know. Because we we've been around kids like that before, to where they right. sometimes haven't been around kids like that before, and they get intimidated even by a little nine or ten year old, just because he's a black male, and the the answer for them is to well, I got to get this guy out of here, just because right. it's easier to always it's always easier to to get black people to look in a different light than white people, especially if it's more of a uh, any type of negative or grace, uh, aggressive manner, then that's exactly what, you know, they want to see. Exactly. Exactly. Now, and basically these schools are just becoming another, they're just becoming a fast track to, to for kids to go to prison, and they actually have a time for it. It's, that's how fast this, this stuff is. It's like they have a time for it. It's called the school to prison pipeline, you know, and it's articles. Just Google it, school to prison pipeline, and it's explaining you the details of basically from a child from pre-K to prison. It explains why and how it happens. You know, the school to prison pipeline, let me tell you real quick. It refers to the policies and practices that push our nation's school children, especially the most at-risk children, out of classrooms and in the juvie and criminal justice systems. The pipeline reflects on the prioritization of incarceration over education for a growing number of students. The path to incarceration includes the includes a whole lot of stuff, like starting with we know the overcrowded classrooms, the lack of qualified teachers, no funding. You know, you don't have extra counselors like you need. You don't have you don't have extra services. You don't have books. You don't have – you have second-rate even lunch. Like, you don't even have quality lunch anymore, you know, and this just does nothing but increase the dropout rate that they don't care about because, once again, the No Child Left Behind law, it doesn't include dropouts, so it only counts for the kids that's actually in school. So if we can get these kids to drop out, scores don't count. So it increases our test scores numbers, and we look good. And we can get that little funding that we do get. You know what I'm saying? That's how it works. You know, it's just a numbers game. These schools are a big numbers game. And then 
the alternative schools, like a lot of cities don't even have alternative schools. Like in Fort Worth, we got schools like Metro and Teresa B. Lee. You know, we, you know, this True Colors podcast, um, we, you know, we from Fort Worth, Texas. So we have alternative schools where if you get kicked out of school, you go to these other schools. It's kind of like it's a school technically, but it's for bad kids, so to speak. But, you know, there's no such thing as a bad kid. It's just kids who need discipline, not to miss out on education. But anyway, a lot of the cities don't even have these alternative schools. So when they get kicked out of school, they just at home with nothing to do. You know, they don't get, you know, they don't get to go to Metro or Teresa B. Lee or Cam Academy or none of these type of schools. They don't get that. They just missing out. And when they come back, they expected to pass these standardized tests that they can't pass if they come back. And by the way, you know, school. A lot of people don't know schools like Metro alternative schools are mostly owned by private companies, just like the prisons. And they they in for they in to making money. They hire more police officers than actual students. You know, to teach the, I mean, and actual teachers to teach these kids. So these schools are ran by police officers rather than actual educated, qualified teachers. So once these police officers who don't even have experience dealing with youth get involved, they go straight to juvenile. And once, let me see, once kids go to juvenile, it's an 80% chance that you're likely to be in and out the court system your whole life. And when you're getting arrested inside a classroom, you know what I'm saying, like, your whole psyche is going to be whacked from the whole start. You're supposed to be learning. You're not supposed to be getting arrested in class. Like, you're not supposed to you be treated know. like that. Well, the whole thing about it is you got to look at it like the, the education system used to be to try to build kids up and help them learn to where now it's like it's pushing them more to that private industry, to them private alternative schools, to to the juvenile detention systems that's owned by private businesses. Excuse me. You know, it used to be a time to where if you had a, a, a bad kid in class, they would have some type of, of counseling. And, you know, when you send a kid to a counselor, especially if they're a young child, I mean, it's pretty easy for you to see if, if, if there's an issue going on at home or something of that nature, so you can try to get it fixed. But now it seems like the whole thing is to, to push them out of the school to get them into the, the private education system. It's not going to teach them anything. It's really going to also put them on the fast track, like you said, to juvenile and to jail. So when you get to a to a certain point in their lives, you got to think about it. You get kicked out at a young age, you go to a private school, um, to a private, I guess, like prison school, I guess you want to call it, like an alternative school, then they're making money off of each student. So then, you know, they don't make money off you there. Then you go back to school, you get old enough, so now you're going to juvenile, now they're making money off the juvenile system. And then when you're old enough to go to jail, then they're going to make even more money on you when you go to jail. So, I mean, it used to be actually about educating our, our youth and our young kids. But, you know, especially when you're black and you're easier to get expelled and suspended and stuff like that, you can kind of see the direction is going for them to push us over more to that side. That's, that's real unfortunate and scary. Right. Yeah, now let's um we and then after I mean, once they drop out of school, it's over. 
it's just another form of genocide. You know, that's the next category for the day. You know, we can each category we can get into all night. You know what I'm saying? But we just wanted to give you straight facts and a quick insight on a lot of these topics. But um, the last topic of the day is genocide. Genocide is basically us killing each other, killing our own self. You know, and it's not our fault. You know, just because we the ones pulling the trigger don't mean we the ones who put the gun in our hand. You know what I'm saying? Now, we what we have to do, I think, this is just my opinion now, is we have to understand that we are not our own enemy. It's not, you know. Like, whatever that person did to you, I mean, you can trace his problems all the way back to white supremacy, I'm sure. Regardless, if they're a crackhead, if they're a common thief, you can trace that all the way back to everything we we've been talking about for the past hour. You know, it's not it's not our own fault. You know that we brainwashed, and it's so bad that we consider ourselves our own enemy. And as long as we do that, then basically the enemy has won. I hate to say it, but right now they winning. They they haven't won, but they're winning. You know, so to change the score. We have to understand that put starting with the guns, starting with the drugs, and opening up some books and educating ourselves, and putting down even putting down the cell phones unless you listen to our podcast, and um, just thinking for yourself, you will see. Like I guarantee you, people, that you will see that we are not our own enemy. You know, and that's just you know that's just coming from the heart, and we killing ourselves. Just it's just a lack of lot, uh, lack of knowledge. You know, yeah. And the more you, I was just gonna say, like this is like you said, it's not a coincidence. Like I mean, if you actually go back and um, you know study how ghettos and everything like that are formed, like you actually find out, like they do research on how people will act in these type of situations. You know, now I think they do it with mice, of course. But, you know, they, they put a bunch of mice together and they take away the resources and then they watch the, the mice start killing, killing each other. And mice are used as a lot of a lot of times in, in research on, you know, different human traits or how humans will react and just certain certain things they use mice for to mimic people. So, I mean, they, they, actually, do, they actually do tests with these type of things, you know, to where, you know, they wanted to see a ghetto is an experiment. That's where the project is. That's why it's called a project. You know, the project is an experiment that they created. They wanted to see us all bundled up together with a lack of resources. And, of course, you start killing each other just like the mice do. They do the same thing with drugs. They give, they give, um, they give the mice the drugs to see the effect that they have. They do the same thing with food. And they ship it all out to our community. So, I mean... Yeah, it's genocide because, you know, once again, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I, I'm, I'm big on accountability and I want our people to be accountable for for their actions. But at the same time, we have to have knowledge and understanding that it's not a coincidence that we are this way. And, you know, once you start obtaining that knowledge and understanding, then you, you'll be able to operate in a way to where you can kind of see through the bullshit. And that's all we really want our people to do out here when you listen to our podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Knowledge is power. I mean, I, you know, the last thing we want to do is keep sounding like a broken record, but we wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. You know? So, 
the more you learn, the more you grow, and the more you realize that these people do not give a damn about you. So you have to take responsibility and teach your kids and teach your peers that we were put here for greater reasons. And it wasn't to be their slaves. It wasn't to kill each other. It wasn't to use their drugs. I mean, if you were born in the projects, okay. Now, you obviously don't have, you wasn't, you don't have the same resources as a lot of other people, but you can, but you are smart, you know, you are, you're not, you're not incapable of being, you know, making it up out of there. You're not incapable of, of being, of being great, you know, don't ever let any, any situation that you're born in or that deter you from being, from knowing who you really are, you know, we were all kings and queens, and I'm not just saying that because it sounds good, I'm saying it because it's true, and the reason why they're doing all these experiments and with education and, and genocide and, and so forth is to keep that buried. They don't want you to know that, you know, and if I was them, I wouldn't, you know, I understand why, because they don't stand a chance once you realize who you really are. You know, you really are great. You really are king, regardless of what you where you where you're born and who you you know who your parents are or do you know your parents like you they were kings and queens too if you don't know your mother just know that she was a queen if you don't know your father just know that he he's a king you know regardless regardless how you feel about him you know what I'm saying it's not their fault like we can't keep blaming each other you know just point the finger back at the enemy and you got to learn your enemy that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get y'all free game. Uh, learn your enemy so that way you can be like, oh shit, um, we need to chill and stop doing this dumb shit and basically learn ourselves so we can be great once again. And on that note, you know, we go conclude the show. I'm DUB, Cobb, you know, yeah. what you want to tell them? I just want to say, man, once again, I appreciate all the support I've been getting, you know, online through Twitter. Um, a lot of people liking the show, a lot of people, you know, commenting on the show. So, you know, if you want to keep seeing us grow, you know, you've got any suggestions, you want to make any comments about anything we say, I'm always free. You know what I'm saying? You can hit me up at True Color, no S, podcast on Twitter. Yeah, like us on Facebook, True Colors Podcast on Facebook. We'll be boosting the show all week. Shout out to Sadie J, that's by radio. I'm Dub. With my partner Cobb, and we out this piece, baby. Yeah.